That's what it sounded like as the first FBS on FBS football game of the 2020 season began. Yes, there were fans, not as many as there could have been. M.M. Roberts Stadium at Southern Miss seats 36,000. There were only 9,500 in the stands on Thursday as the Golden Eagles played South Alabama. The governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves, said only 25% capacity on stadiums for now. No tailgating. None of really the pageantry that you're used to in college football. Uh, the bands weren't on the field. They played the national anthem and the alma mater over the PA system. But there was a football game, a real, honest-to-goodness FBS football game. They pulled it off, and about a month ago, it didn't seem like that was even possible. When the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the MAC and the Mountain West decided to postpone their football seasons, it looked like the season was in danger. It looked, felt like it was hanging by a thread. But then the ACC and the SEC and then the Big Ten said, no, we're going to wait and see what happens. They didn't make any decisions about playing at the time, but they said they were going to wait. So Conference USA, of which Southern Miss is a member, and the Sun Belt, of which South Alabama is a member, and the American Athletic Conference, they said, okay, we'll wait too. And as they waited, the possibility of a season grew stronger and stronger. It started on Saturday night with an FCS game between Austin P and Central Arkansas. And on Thursday, the FBS took center stage. They played a football game. I was there. It happened. I think there's going to be a season. There was a long time where I thought I wouldn't be able to say that. I figured something else would happen. Something would get in the way. There would be outbreaks. There would be issues that just made it impossible. And there have been issues. Uh, you've seen COVID spikes on different campuses. You've seen teams have to pause their practices and, and shut things down for a little while because of outbreaks. But generally, the testing has been good. Most teams have had their outbreak numbers low, for lack of a better term. And it seems like they're going to be able to pull off a college football season. And after watching a game get played and learning how they got to that point, I think there's a real good chance that this season is going to happen. There may be some hiccups along the way, but... For the leagues that decided they wanted to play in the fall, I think they're going to get a season in. And that is just an amazing thing to think about when you go back to August 11th, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided to postpone their seasons, because it just didn't seem like that was going to happen. But now the season is on. There's a lot of drama in the Big Ten still. The Pac-12 on Thursday announced that they've had a – a deal made with a testing company that they're going to be able to do rapid response tests that should help them get back to playing maybe a little bit sooner than expected. But for the Big Ten and the Pac-12, it may not be till Thanksgiving when they can get to playing. The other leagues are playing now. You've got games in Conference USA, in the Sun Belt, in the American this week. Next week, the ACC and the Big 12 join the fray. September 26th, the SEC starts playing. There's going to be college football this fall. And it's one of those things that you didn't quite know 
until you saw it, that it was going to happen, but it is going to happen. We go now to an interview I did before the game with Jeremy McLean. He's the athletic director at Southern Miss. He used to be the athletic director at Troy. And he talked about a lot of the things that they had to do to get ready for this and, and just his emotions as the months went by and there were different developments in terms of COVID-19 spikes, testing, protocols, what the other leagues were doing. It was a really interesting time to be an athletics administrator not a particularly fun time because you were worried about your budget you were worried about your staff you were worried about everything but he talks a little bit about how they got through it and how they got to the first game now these are socially distanced interviews that you'll hear during this podcast so they don't sound perfect radio quality i'm still working on doing that while staying six feet away from people But some really good stuff coming up. We start with Southern Miss AD, Jeremy McClain. Time to talk about one of my favorite treats, chicken ribs. That's right, chicken ribs. It's chicken made to eat like a pork rib, specially cut thigh, one bone left running through it. You eat it off the bone like a rib. It's smothered in pork rub, but 75% less calories and fat. It's great. They come vacuum-packed straight from the smokehouse. You thaw them out. You throw them in your air fryer or on your grill for a few minutes. Maybe kiss it with a little barbecue sauce. After that, give it another minute or two. Let it get that glaze going, that candy paint, and then you eat it up. It is tremendous. Great barbecue takes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse. Chicken ribs are authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com and use the code ANDY to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. That's chickenribs.com, code ANDY for $10 off plus two-day shipping. You had to decide who can be on the field, who can't be on the field. How much did you think about, okay, is this going to feel like a college football game? Because <laughs> you're, you're going to have your cannon on the field. Right, yeah. But not a whole lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. and so we made, you know, re- really as a conference developed a set of protocols that, um, you know, we could all feel good about and gave us some direction. And basically we kind of limited it to essential personnel on the field. And so, you know, what you determine essential, right, is, is, is a little bit up to each institution. But the – point was we're going to try to limit the number of people down there because so, you got to test everybody that's right because so we're testing everybody who's who has a role on the field so uh red hats chain chain crew uh the whole group you know obviously all of our players and coaches are you know even our players who um are in jerseys but not dressed out in you know, red shirts and things like that they're tested they're they're going to be outside the box, but they'll be down on the sideline. You're going to have any red shirts this year? <laughs> well, eligibility doesn't right? count. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, it's a little different year, so we're used to using that term. But uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll uh, you know it's going to be different for sure. It's going to feel different down the field. Um, but what we're what we're trying to do is create kind of that that bubble setting on the field and keep anybody who hasn't been tested, you know, away from all the folks who have. As we record this, we're about three and a half hours away from kickoff. 
What has it been like the last five months for you trying to get to this point? Yeah, a uh, roller coaster. Um, honestly, it's um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of work by a lot of people. Let me first say that I, I need to tip the cap to our conference office, Conference USA, and and our group of ads and our presidents and, and chancellors who've done a great job of uh, guiding the ship. Um, because there is a ton of work that's going in to getting us here, but it's been a roller coaster. I mean, there were days where we f- we felt pretty good about it, um, and then there were days where I went to bed thinking that there's no way we're going to be able to do this, and um, you know, and so to be sitting here, I think, says a lot about the level of work that went into it, the dedication of our student athletes and our coaches, um, and then the willingness for a lot of people to be patient, and I think that's probably the key, you know, was there were times when, you know, you you didn't feel good about it, but our group, I think was willing to wait as long as we felt like we could keep our student athletes safe, practice, starting fall camp, those kind of things that we were willing to to wait and see how this developed and and, and try to see if we could figure out a way to do it. And you guys are 25% capacity, which is order of the state. So about 9,000 people. And I imagine, I mean, you averaged 24,000 people a game last year, so there's some unhappy people. How do you, how do you yeah. deal with those folks? You know, and yeah, great question. We, we obviously, there's some people who want to be at the game who won't be able to. I will say, you know, given our numbers, we're able to take care of most of our season ticket holders, which was the key for us to try to make. And then we've got a um, reduced number of students that we're going to allow into the game as well. And then we took care of our players' families. So those are the three areas we tried to focus on, just making sure that, you know, those groups um, – got first priority. So yes, I'm sure there's some people who would love to be in the game who, who we're not selling any individual, you know, uh, tickets for this game, uh, no walk up, no, no pre-sales. And so we may be able to change that as the year goes on. I hope, I hope we can get, you know, feel really good about it and get comfortable enough with that and a few more people, but, uh, we're still, you know, uh, obviously locked into that 25% number. So right now there's uh, we have to say no to some people, but I'm just thankful that we get a chance to, like I said, get our season ticket holders in here and, uh, give our folks a chance to to watch and our young men a chance to compete. So let's talk about how this happened, how y'all ended up being the, the first FBS on FBS game of the season because there was going to be a week zero. Yeah. That's not where th- – this game was scheduled for Saturday, September 5th originally. That's right. And how did you get it to, to September 3rd and when did you realize, oh, wait, we're we're first? Yeah. It was kind of an interesting path. Uh, Joel Erdman and I from South Alabama, and we talked to our coaches, and we really had talked in June, you know, said, why don't we play in week zero? We had moved our academic calendar up, the university had, and, and so we thought, well, that'll be better for us. We'll have already been in school. It, it, it'll give us more flexibility, you know, to stretch the season out. And so we actually, uh, in June, filed for a waiver to play in week zero, and, and it didn't, didn't get approved. Um, that changed down the road, obviously, but at that time it didn't get approved. And so we talked about maybe what, what if we moved to Thursday? And let's, let's give ourselves some time between week one and week two to make adjustments, right? To roster, team, coaches, operations in the stadium, all those things. Let's give ourselves some breathing room. And, and so we were all on the same page. So that's how we ended up on Thursday, September 3rd. And then not long after that, um, we kind of verbally agreed to do that and had not made the announcement yet. But um, conferences started making adjustments. You know, some of the conferences chose not to play. You had the SEC and the ACC and folks backing up and starting a couple of weeks later. 
And so it really just hit me one night. Uh, I was finishing up a, a Zoom call, as we all have been on a million of those. One, one of 50,000 yeah. that you've been on. <laughs> I was finishing up a Zoom call, and I, I text Joel, and I said, oh, so how do you feel about being the first game in the country? And he said, hey, let's do it. So I think he and I both have embraced that and, and you know, tried to get to you know, a place where we feel comfortable. And, and um, so it, it really wasn't drawn up that way. Um, but we're, we're, we're thankful to get a chance to do it. What were the conversations within Conference USA like about a month ago where you have, yeah. there's that Saturday where the mat cancels yeah. and then on, on the following, I believe it was Tuesday, you had the, the Big Ten and the, and the Pac-12 go. How touch and go was it for, yeah. for your league? Um, you know, I don't think we ever got to a point where, you know, we, we, were, we were ready to say we, we want to shut it down. But when those things begin to happen, you begin to question if you can do it. And I mean, there's no doubt. I think it's human nature. And I think given the circumstances, there was a, there was a lot of, and, and, and we hear things just like you guys do, right? We, we hear rumblings and rumors and, um, you know, from some of our counterparts. And so there was a time where we just felt like it was a matter of days before we may have to make a difficult decision. But I will never say, and we never got to a point where, you know, it was, hey, do we want to do this? Um, as I said, I think, I think, our leadership's um, willingness to be patient um, really got us through some of those difficult times. When did you start getting optimistic again that that this day could happen? Um, you know, probably probably after the first week of fall camp. You know, I think once we got into fall camp and got going and kind of got some level of normal. Um, and you actually had some people hitting and yeah, tests right. were still coming that's back right. okay. And that's right. And then we started, you know, we started testing on a more regular, uh, on a, once we got into camp, we're testing, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. Um, and, and so you start seeing the testing numbers not, you know, going in the right direction, not, 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 nothing negative happening as a result of contact. And so you, you begin to think, okay, well, maybe that's not our biggest concern. And, uh, you know, I think what we found over the course of June, July, and August and, um, was that our biggest concern was outside of this building, you know, outside of our program. And, and um, you know, young men going, going and doing things that college kids do, you know, going right. visiting, hanging out with people. And yep. that was our biggest challenge. And so I think, I think knowing that once we started fall camp that – you know, that wasn't presenting a greater challenge than the other things we've been uh, mm-hmm. kind of fighting against. You know, then you start to feel optimistic about, hey, this may be, we may be okay to press forward and let's keep a close eye on how these tests develop. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, we've, we've, since, you know, since that early camp, middle of August, we, we've yeah, really been in good shape from a testing standpoint. And, you know, knock on wood, it's been, uh, we've, we've been in a great spot. I've talked to ADs and coaches who said that, their players, as this has gone forward, have started to kind of, I don't know, police themselves, probably the wrong word, but they've been more careful just because they, nobody wants to be the one yeah. who makes it where people can't play. Yeah. And we had, you know, in July, we had um, a few people get sick. And as a result, we had several position groups be quarantined, mm-hmm. right? So we weren't into fall camp yet. We were just, we were still working out. Unfortunately, nothing was serious. Um, but I think sometimes it's the real life experience that that hits home a little harder. And so I think at that point they really begin to realize that hey, you know, we, we've got to keep watch out for each other, right? We got we got to watch out for each other and and try to make sure we're doing the right things. And 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 I've been proud of them. They've 
we've continually gotten better at, at going about the protocols and doing things the right way and uh, coaching staff and our student athletes. And so, so yeah, it, it, you're right. I think as time went on, uh, our, we, we got better and better at trying to, trying to protect ourselves. What's it going to feel like when that ball gets kicked tonight? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be excited for all of our folks, our student athletes, our fans. Um, there's going to be a sense of relief too, I think, that, you know, and again, I've said this a couple times, I'm not trying to put college football on any kind of pedestal. But just being able to do something that we all love and enjoy and move towards, you know, some level of normal is going to be exciting. And, and you know, I think, you know, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be really proud for all of our folks. Let's talk about a new sponsor that is near and dear to my heart, and that's because they're glorious soft cotton t-shirts rest right on top of my heart. Homefield Apparel makes the best college shirts, sweatshirts, you name it, available. Because they don't use the boring old corporate logos that you see in the bookstore. These are all the cool old school logos, like the Tulane Angry Wave or Blaster the Burrow from the Colorado School of Mines. You want a vintage Vermont Catamount shirt? Of course you do. Of course you do. Well, you go to Home Field Apparel and they've got it. They've also got some of the biggies, Iowa, Indiana, and they're introducing new schools every Saturday on Big New Saturday, noon Eastern, they introduce a new school. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but there's a bunch of people down in SEC country that are going to be really excited on Saturday, September 5th. That's probably all I'm allowed to say. But if you're an SEC fan base, you might be the lucky one that finds out you got something cool coming on Home Field Apparel. Has your mascot ever worn a jaunty sailor's cap? Well, guess what? Home Field has that on a T-shirt. you got to check these people out. The shirts, by the way, it will be your favorite shirt the moment you put it on. So I'm just telling you, super soft cotton, doesn't get any better. You're going to love it. So show some school spirit for your favorite teams or your alma mater. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code Andy for 20% off your first purchase. College football is back. That's right. They have played games. Well, they have played a game, one game, but that's great because they're probably going to play some more. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code Andy for 20% off your first purchase. And I'm telling you, Saturday at noon, big news in SEC country. That is Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. Obviously, he had a lot to work through to get to Thursday night's game, but so did everybody else on the field, and so did a lot of the people in the stands. What about the parents of the players? What have they been going through? I talked to Charlena Hemby, whose son, Kyle Hemby, is a starting safety on Southern Miss's team. He's a redshirt senior. He spent two years in JUCO. This is his third year at Southern Miss. You know, he, he's had a good career there, started all 13 games last season and projected starter this year. And when everything went down and they shut the campus down, he went back home to Maryland. And in June, 
Charlena sent him back to Hattiesburg, and uh, we talked a little bit about what it was like while he was home and then after he went back. We were under quarantine in Maryland, so we basically stayed as a family unit. And um, everybody together? Everybody together. We pretty much went from my family to his girlfriend's family, and we just did that. Wow. Yeah. And when did things start to open up? When did you kind of... Um, kind of like when he came back to school. Okay. It started lifting a little bit, and that's kind of why as a parent I was like okay with letting him come back, um, just making sure he's um, socially distancing, doing everything that he was doing at home that kept him safe. I basically told him to do the same thing here, regardless as to what the state required. So that's basically what he did. Got all his masks. Yes, mask, and I told him socially distance and you know make sure he washes his hands. I like your mask. Thank you. Playing on the mask. What's what's been like the last few months as they tried to figure out will these guys get to play or or not? It's been rough because you know the boys want to ultimately play. And, you know, for some of them, this year means a lot. Um, thankfully, Kyle, this was an extra year for him. So whether he played or not, it, you know, I'm not going to say it wouldn't affect him because, of course, having a season. Yeah, this is his last year. Um, you know, stat-wise, it, it helps him to play. So I just basically told him, you know, as many games as y'all can play, you play, build your stats. And, if, you know, at some point, COVID takes over. You did what you could do. So, so you get down here. We got we got a bunch of people. This is the most people I've been around since March too. So. Yeah. What, what, what's it like being being in the group? And I, 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 I just because I'm just genuinely curious how people feel. Everybody's reacting to everything. Um, I think that they did a good job with making sure that um, the boys were able to play under controlled environment. You know, socially distanced with whoever you came with. You know, I think it's a good because like I said ultimately they want to play they would be okay if it was nobody in the stands what did he tell you you know as things went on with practice did you have a lot of questions for him about what um, how yeah, it worked as a parent definitely concerned about making sure that the coaches took this pandemic seriously because you know it's it's a game they love to play it but at the same time it's a health thing too and I basically as a parent just told him regardless as to what goes on you listen to your body because at the end of the day that's what matters to me if you you know if you in the situation if you feel like they don't have your best interests at heart listen to your body and you know think for yourself basically so what's it gonna be like when you see him kick off tonight i'm excited for him i know he's super excited uh, we've been like anticipating this so yeah i think it's gonna be a good day The game started off really well for Yogi Luckett. Yogi is the mom of Don Ragsdale, who was making his Southern Miss debut. He played the last two seasons at Heinz Community College, and this was his first game. Now, obviously the last few months, it's been unclear whether he was going to get to play any games for Southern Miss this season. Well, not only did he get to play, he scored a touchdown in the second quarter of his first game. And I got to talk to Miss Yogi about watching her son score his first Southern Miss touchdown. What's it like to see your son score a touchdown on national television? Oh, I'm overexcited. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Way to go. So the, the, the first one, 
It's right before he scored. He gets tackled. Yes. You're worried? You, no. You're thinking they're not going back to it? Or he gets tackled first one? Or you thinking no, it's right, right back to him? Yeah, it's right. They know to give it back to him. Let him try it again because he don't get in there some kind of way. That's quick. That's quick. First game, you see he had to take him on with him. He had about two on his back. Get him on with They want to come into the touchdown zone with you. Take him on, though. He, he did. That's right. That's right. That's so, right. All right. Let me, let me get a prediction. How many more of those are we going to see this season? By the grace of God, I hope a whole lot. He going to give it all he got. Unfortunately for Southern Miss, there were no more Don Ragsdale touchdowns on Thursday. There might be plenty more coming in the future, but Thursday belonged to the combination of Desmond Trotter and Jalen Tolbert. Trotter is South Alabama's quarterback. He's the grandson of Alabama and Cleveland Browns great Ozzie Newsom, who also was the longtime GM of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he hooked up with Tolbert for two long touchdown passes, Tolbert finished the game with six catches for 169 yards. They were fantastic. South Alabama went on to a 32-21 win. First road win for South Alabama since 2017. And Trotter talked about when it really felt real that this was actually going to happen. They were going to play a game. Uh, I would say it felt real uh, on the bus. I mean, once we, once we got closer to the campus and seeing the police cars and the escorts, I was like, oh, man, here we go. Playing college football, baby. First first FBS game. I'm just glad we were able to come out with the win. Jalen Tolbert, the guy who caught those touchdowns from Trotter, has spent the last few months wondering whether Thursday night was ever going to come. Uh, a good amount because it just everybody above us, bigger programs, were canceling out, and it was a lot going on with the COVID deal, testing it, and all. So I really didn't think we would actually get here. And then it really didn't hit me last night that we were about to play. And then when I got out here today, it kind of picked up. And then it was like, dang, we about to play. So I got got my mind right. What did it feel like the first time you're on the field for a play? Uh. Like I said, I got my mind right when I got in warm up. So after that, I was locked in. But before, it was just kind of all like a fantasy, I guess. But it was reality. And that reality sunk in for South Alabama coach Steve Campbell as he talked to Southern Miss coach Jay Hobson before the game. And they discussed all the different things that had to happen to get them to Thursday night. People won't know. I talked to Jay before the game because uh, we go way back. And... Uh, Unless you're in it, you don't know the the trials and tribulations that uh, that you go through to, to get here, uh, and uh, that's a big testament to again to our administration, uh, our our president, our board of trustees, Dr. Erdman, and our medical staff. There, there's a lot that went into helping us get to this point, and, uh, and I think our players appreciate that, realize that, and appreciate that, and I'm, I'm so proud of them for going out and, and playing as hard as they played, because there was a lot of stuff that had to, that we had to do right, and, uh, and that comes from, from great leadership, from definitely from our administration, allowing us to do that and putting all of the protocols in place to give us a chance to get here. Now, We've got to uh, be very diligent again, and uh, and keep, you know, keep keep uh, doing the little things right. 
And if they do those little things right, and the other teams in the country that intend to play do those little things right, we're going to get to watch a lot more college football games. I didn't think that was going to happen a couple months ago. I'm being perfectly honest here. Didn't think it would happen. But I watched a college football game Thursday night, and now I'm pretty confident I'm going to get to watch a whole lot more.